Let me say a word of gratitude before I begin, and you may have already noticed in the bulletin, on the back of the bulletin, the financial report. It wasn't that many weeks ago that we were so far behind that we were having some anxious moments and deciding what to do next. And by the end of the year, by the grace of God and your generosity, we ended the year with a surplus with all of our expenses covered. So thank you for your generosity, for your hearts, for your love for this church, those who stepped up toward the end, and all of you who gave faithfully throughout the year. We're grateful for that. This church is blessed by your generosity, and we enter this new year with a more positive and hopeful spirit. God has so much to accomplish through us, so many great ministries to continue, new ones that we haven't even dreamed of yet. And so thank you for, uh, for lifting our spirits, for strengthening this church, for giving us a greater vision for this new year, 2020. I'm grateful. Finance Committee is grateful, grateful to God. God is good, and uh, thank you. Thank you for caring. Our scripture lesson for today, from Matthew chapter 3, this is the baptism of the Lord Sunday, Sunday after the Epiphany, and we're reading from Matthew's gospel this year, chapter 3 beginning with verse 13. So I would ask you to please stand as you are able for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. I found a cartoon in my office that's been around for a while, but I still like it and it's a cartoon of a little boy sitting under a tree and he's reading his Bible and he's sitting there with his dog and he comes across these words in the Bible and then a voice came to Moses from above. He turns to his dog and asks, have you ever heard a voice from above? And you could see in a bubble above the dog's head, attention Kmart shoppers. (laughs) And you know the joke's been around a while because Kmart has been gone for a while. But I, I like that. I've hung on to that. A voice from heaven, a voice from above. We have a tendency, don't we, to kind of look sideways at folks who claim that they're hearing voices. Frightens us a little bit sometimes. I remember my first visit to an older guy in one of my student appointment churches. And I say older. I was 23. Most of the world was older than I was at that time. But he started telling me as we sat in his living room about the voices that he was hearing. It frightened me a little bit. I'm not sure I found my way back to his house. 
we think about hospitalization or medication or, or getting some help. Disembodied voices. Yet, Scripture is full of references to the voice from above, voices from above. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a form, formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. A wind from God swept over the waters. Then God said, let there be. Let there be light. Let there be a dome. Let it separate. Let the waters under the sky be gathered together. Let the earth put forth. Let all the living creatures come forth. Let us make humankind. All of creation was in response or is in response to the voice of God. I think about John's gospel how it begins in some ways like the book of Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And there are some scholars who say that the Word translated Word can also be translated voice. In the beginning was the voice, and the voice was with God, and the voice was God, a voice from above. All through scripture, God said to Abraham, get up from here and go to a new place, a land that I will show you and I'll make of you a great nation and I will bless you. And Abram obeyed the voice. And sometimes the voice asked difficult things. Later the voice would say to him, take your son, your only son Isaac, up to the mountain. And then when the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside, aside from the burning bush. Moses, Moses. Moses listened to the voice. I wonder if he had a clue about how much his life was about to change when he heard the voice. And then one of my favorite voice passages is from 1 Kings 19. God said to Elijah, go and stand out on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord will pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splintering and breaking up rocks, but God was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but God was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. The voice of God doesn't have to be loud. But Elijah heard it and he went and he stood in the entrance of the cave on the side of the mountain and he wrapped his face in his mantle. And then there came a voice. What are you doing here? Elijah. Sometimes the voice from above is still and small. And I like that Elijah story. Let me chase this rabbit for just a minute. Elijah was in that cave hiding from Queen Jezebel. And he thought he was the only righteous, the only good person, the only one on God's side left on the earth. And he started telling that to God. And God started saying, whoa, how about these folk here and these folks here and these folks there? In other words, Elijah was saying to God, Lord, I've done my part. I've heard that in the church a time or two. (laughs) God said, no, no, you've not done your part. Get up and get out here and I'm going to send you down here. You've got work to do. What's this business of... Having done your part, the voice of God sometimes, oftentimes, can redirect our lives, can put us back on track. Still small voice, but sometimes not. Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. 
The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. It breaks the cedars. It breaks the cedars of of Lebanon. and, And things are spinning and breaking and flying about. And the voice of God is loud and strong and hard to miss. So many references to the voice of God, the voice from above. And then there are those very human voices that are so distinctive that shape our lives and guide our lives that we still hear some of those voices, thank God, and some we hear only in memory. Think back to that story of Isaac and Rebecca and how Rebecca and Jacob got together and they were going to snooker Esau out of the blessing. And so they had to fool old Isaac, whose eyesight was not so good anymore. And so they, they put the fuzz, the wool on Jacob and send him in so he can pretend to be Esau. And he fools his dad Isaac with that. But then when he speaks, it sounds, I mean, you feel like when I touch you, I think it's Esau. But the voice is the voice of Jacob. Parents, don't we know the voice of our children? And don't we care and don't we respond when they call out to us? Voice recognition. Uh, Think back 2001, my father died, and that was the first time death had sort of come close, closer than a grandparent. And when he died, I started thinking often about, what do I miss most about this man that shaped my life and guided me so many ways I can't count. And I think at the time I missed his voice the most. Homer wrote these words in the Odyssey. He ceased but left so pleasing on the ear his voice that listening they still seem to hear. And then Tennyson these words, but oh for the touch of a vanished hand and the sound of a voice that is still. Voices. It's not just people who hear voices who are locked away or medicated, not that kind of voice. But in reality, we all hear voices from above. And there are voices that control our lives and shape our lives in ways that we're not aware of most days. Ernest Campbell's expression, those voices lock us in rooms with open doors. Voices determine what we buy, what we eat, what we expect from others, what we are willing to give to others, what we think about ourselves. And the gospel lesson for this Sunday, this Sunday after the epiphany, this Sunday of the baptism of the Lord is a voice from above kind of story. Jesus had come from the region of Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, John the Baptist. John would have stopped Jesus if he could. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, but you're asking me to baptize you? Is this backwards? Is this a chain of command issue here? But Jesus insisted, and John baptized him. Jesus said, it is to fulfill all righteousness. Not because of sinfulness, not because of brokenness in the life of our Lord. He didn't need to be baptized for that reason, but to fulfill all righteousness as God commanded to identify with God's people. And as we'll talk about in just a moment for just a second or two, an ordination to ministry. Jesus being set apart in his baptism to love and serve others. A couple of things here. It was a public announcement. You, this is my son. The words addressed not just to Jesus from above, but to John and to the whole crowd that was there. This is my beloved son. 
The voice was for everyone who was around there. And then the voice joins in with Psalm 2, verse 7, Isaiah 42, verse 1. The psalm is a coronation psalm when the king is being installed or coronated and assuming the throne. And then the passage from Isaiah is a suffering servant passage. And you see what the writer is doing, what Matthew is doing, what's happening here. There's a linking together of Jesus as Lord and King above all creation and Jesus as servant and Savior and the one who would kneel to wash the feet of his followers. We don't normally think about kings doing that kind of thing, do we? Jesus was sent to be a conqueror, but the only weapon that he had available was suffering love. And in that moment when Jesus was baptized, set aside, ordained to his ministry, he was destined to be a king whose throne would be a cross and he was destined to be a suffering servant who came, as he said, not to be served but to serve, to give his life for all of us. Jesus was sent to be a servant And when we open our hearts and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in our own lives, then what does that mean unless it means that we are to become servant people, servant-hearted people as well? Do we have servant hearts? Each of us. Ask yourself, you know, folks around you know. And as a church together, Noonan First United Methodist Church, are we a servant-hearted church? Do our primary concerns have to do with comfort and power and control and recognition and influence? Or do they have to do with mission and ministry and serving the last, the lost, and the least? Could it be that the voice from above, the voice from heaven, sometimes comes to us from the voice beside us? Or the voice behind us? Or the voice maybe in a lower place? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Do we recognize the voice? Or do we sometimes allow our goat-like tendencies toward self-preservation and self-care to the extent that we forget we're here to be servants? We're not here just for folks to care for us and to pick us up. We do that in the church so that we might be empowered to leave this place and and be servants in this community, in this world. Maybe a recollection of our baptisms, a remembering of our baptisms can help us to hear the voice more clearly. Jesus Baptism was an ordination to ministry. It was an invitation to service. It's the first ordination. It's the ordination for all Christians, not just for, quote, ordained pastors. That's where we all begin with our baptism. That's the setting aside. That's the marking of our forehead with the cross so that we know who we belong to and why we're here. We're here to serve and love and care for a world that is so hurt, so broken. An opportunity to hear the voice. May our baptism number us among those who claim to hear voices. Even if somebody might now and then look at us sideways. That's all right. Amen.